one way we can think about or look at our our life, our experience, the flow of experience. And this is maybe more clear or easy to see when we're in formal meditation. But our, our life, our the experiences that we have can be seen as contacts at what we call what I've been calling the six sense doorways or six sense bases. So everything we know, everything we can know, is a contact at these uh, doors of sensitivity. So there are sights and seeing and sounds and hearing, smells, tastes, sensations that arise in the body, and everything that contacts the mind in terms of thoughts and <clears throat> thoughts and moods and emotions and mind states, all the mental activity contacting the mind door. And of course it's all known in the mind, so in a sense it's only really that one door, but but it's useful to see it as these contacts at these six senses. And at any moment, that's what's happening. One of those, an experience, a contact at one of those senses. And there's an aspect of that contact that starts to become perhaps more obvious to us at times at least as the mind begins to settle and become a little more calm and collected during a period of retreat like this. There's an understanding that with every contact at any one of these sense doorways, these sense bases, there's a it's called a, a feeling tone. The word in Pali is Vedana. And that feeling tone arises with every contact. It just happens. It's not something we do. It's just a common mental factor. It's described that way in some places. Something that arises, it's a feeling. You could say the flavor of the experience. And so there are some, we can think of examples where this would be very obvious. Say at mealtimes when there's uh, a kind of food that we taste that is <clears throat> there's a very pleasant uh, feeling there. We like it. Tastes good. There's pleasantness to that experience. Contact in the mouth and the tongue. And there may be something else that is experienced. A taste. 
This experience is unpleasant. We don't like it. It tastes bad to us. So with many contexts, uh, this is not clear. And there's a third feeling tone, which is neither pleasant nor unpleasant. We say neutral. We've pointed to these. Jill explored this realm in her guided meditation the other day. The dyads of reporting your experience out loud to another person. Sensations. We experience as painful, painful feelings in the body or in the mind. Ones that we experience as pleasant and neutral. We don't have that feeling one way or the other of either pleasant or unpleasant. Our tendency is to usually attribute this quality to the object, it's a pleasant thing. It's an unpleasant thing. As though somehow it were some inherent, intrinsic aspect of the experience. But if we think about it, we'll see that, of course, that isn't true because it's not experienced the same way by everybody. Not everybody has <coughs> has the same experience with the same contact. So, kind of a silly example, but I, Jill and I have a, a colleague, a friend, who's, um, I think we both would agree, is fairly balanced and, um, you know, an okay person, someone you could trust and we teach with him. But he happens to feel that uh, eating a raisin is a, is a bad thing. Raisins are wrong, and and especially if they're in oatmeal. This is a really experience that's very unpleasant. Now I happen to feel that without raisins, oatmeal is essentially poisonous, <laughs> and and should be avoided. It's dangerous. And the raisins in this case are innocent, right? The innocence of the raisins. They aren't pleasant or unpleasant. And so it's not the same for the two of us. I don't know how Jill feels about raisins or any of you. And there may be something that we experience as pleasant. So perhaps there's, uh, the other day there was a really tasty uh, dessert, a carrot cake. And we, maybe they put out a big serving, there's a lot of it, plenty. So we take a piece and it's really good and then we take another one because there's lots of it there. And that's okay too. And then, but maybe by the tenth slice, we might feel that we never want to see carrot cake again. 
So an experience that was initially had a pleasant feeling tone might become unpleasant. Now it might take 15 or 20 pieces for some of us, an entire cake. But at a certain point, it will shift. And so it's not inherent in the in the object, in the contact, in the experience. It's a mental thing. And this seems obvious, but you know, so often we think it's it's an external condition. And the reason that we are interested in this and the reason that it is uh, the second establishment of mindfulness, the second frame of reference or field of exploration that the Buddha directed us towards. It's given its own, its own category, you could say. It's one out of four. So we have body as the first one, then this feeling tone. And the reason it's of interest is because we have such strongly conditioned responses to this, very natural and obvious. When something is experienced as pleasant, we move towards it. There's a wanting, a liking, and a moving towards, a holding on, a grasping of it when it's stronger. And a very uh, deeply conditioned response to that, which is felt or has the flavor of unpleasantness, it's either to push it away or to get away from it, to retreat. Call this aversion for shorthand, this resistance or the mind saying no, wanting to get rid of it or get away from it. And these are not weird responses. It's it's pretty natural and obvious. And a lot of it has to do with basic uh, survival Pleasant usually is good in terms of food. Unpleasant, a sign that it might not be healthy to eat. With things that are neither pleasant nor unpleasant, more neutral, we tend to not really notice that and it tends to condition us sort of not being present or not really seeing clearly a kind of deluded state not knowing. These are different things. The feeling and the response to it are not the same thing. We often tend to think pleasant equals wanting, unpleasant equals not wanting. But the one is a uh, reaction or response to to the other it happens very quickly often and we don't see it and it's not that there's something wrong with pleasant or unpleasant and it's good to have pleasant experiences and they're enjoyable and we like them but what happens is our Our strategy in life is this constant movement towards the pleasant, towards what's unpleasant, and it can really drive our lives. 
And in extreme forms, it leads to the whole range of addictive kinds of behaviors. This craving must have either a pleasant feeling or must have an unpleasant one go away, something to keep from feeling it. And it can, we can see how it operates and we can see how it manifests in, in a sitting, period of sitting meditation. A good sitting, what we call a good sitting, often tends to be when there's a higher percentage of pleasant feelings in the body or pleasant feelings in the mind, things we like. And a bad one, we tend to think, that a sitting is bad, we relate to it as bad when there's more unpleasant feelings, unpleasant bodily sensations, difficult mind states. It's not just physical sensations that have these feelings. This is really a powerful arena to notice. And we don't want to, you know, we can talk about these things and it feels like, you know, oh, now there's this big new project. Have to go looking for this. I just see it, see it with every response. And we can also start to worry that, oh, to be careful of pleasant things because that means I'll want them and I have to be on the lookout for unpleasant ones because it means I'll be not wanting them or wanting them to go away. You don't want to take on a project approach to this, but we can start to notice it. You might notice it in the sitting this morning when there's a feeling of discomfort, an unpleasant sensation in the body. We tend to call it pain or painful sensation. It can be really helpful to tune towards this unpleasantness. See how we relate to that. Noticing when pleasant experiences, contexts that are experienced as pleasant arise, notice the mind's relationship to that. This movement away from or towards in the mind. Because developing a skillful and wise way of relating to these feelings are Feeling tones, this Vedana is, is huge. I mean, I think wars have been started because of someone's inability to be with an unpleasant feeling, an unpleasant mind state. Do anything to not have to feel that. 
start a war. This has wide-ranging ramifications in our lives and the world. We'll kind of perhaps have your radar out for it over the course of the day, and it be times when it's more obvious. You don't have to go looking for it. It's just a, a more subtle level of exploration of our experience that may present itself at times. We can feel the body in its posture now, knowing that there is a body, body sitting, earth sitting on earth. perhaps connecting with what you've been using as a, an anchor or a, a reference point for your practice, a place to stabilize and collect the attention. Might be the body sitting, body sitting and hands touching. Inviting relaxation into the body. Noticing the quality of awareness. And ask the question, is there awareness? Yes. may become aware of the movement of the breath that may be serving you as a a point of point of reference a, an anchor possibly the experience of hearing serves in this way and receiving these things into awareness, letting the breath breathe itself, we're not controlling it, it's not a breathing exercise or something that we're trying to have be a certain way or extend or manipulate, just let it breathe itself. resting or settling back 
receiving the flow of our life. Not gripping this anchor, just resting there. And when other experiences take the attention, sounds that arise, sensations in the body, and we know them, hearing, pressure. Warmth. Thinking. Perhaps using this tool of a light whispered of a word in the mind, if it helps us to connect with our experience. just in the way I was naming those experiences now. If it helps you to connect, can be useful. And at times perhaps noticing this feeling tone, physical sensations, Sounds, thoughts and emotions and different mind states. Might notice that it has a quality of pleasant or unpleasant. Perhaps touching a thread of kind-hearted awareness, a friendliness through this willingness to meet our experience just as it is, to show up for our life. Remembering to let the practice be simple and easeful. If you find you're straining or struggling, settle back and see if you really need to be struggling. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.